Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock climbing Libra, and loves rom coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. We're starting a new series today. We're doing a lessons from therapy type series. Kind of what I'm hoping for these episodes is that they'll be brief little thought exercises, often stimulated from my actual therapy experiences, but also sometimes just experiences I've had in the past or thoughts that are coming up that are more toward personal growth, mental health, you know, the things we do here. So this week we're talking about friendship. Um, And this is definitely something that came up in my actual therapy. Because I think for me, I've had an interesting time navigating friendship and I've experienced this with a lot of sevens in my life where we have very similar experiences. Not everybody, but definitely for me and a few people that I know who are also sevens, we've experienced this kind of similar phenomenon. Um, And I've been wrestling with it in therapy. And here's what it is for me right now. I have a small group of forever friends. I mean, I'm talking like four or five people who I know I'm going to be friends with probably for the rest of my life. I really can't imagine anything getting in the way of that. Now, they all live in other states or other towns, other cities, but I kind, you know, it's just kind of like, these are my people. And then I have always, throughout the course of my existence, been someone who popped in and out of other people's friend groups. Um, This started for me in like, elementary school. Like I moved around a lot, so I was kind of popping in and out, but also even I would just kind of have different friends every semester that I was in school. And I never felt like I was part of the group. I always felt like I was a visitor there. And I'm not sure that that's ever been something that truly bothered me. Like I think I don't have like a strong longing to belong somewhere. It's more like a should this be something that I fix about myself? But that's been more the question. Um, I'm always open to acquaintances, um, but I'm not quite as open to new lifelong friends. Not from the place of like, I'm super guarded, but just more like I only have time and energy for 
this level of commitment to a very few amount of people. And I was talking to my therapist about it and we were really wrestling with it because and she was having me describe like different times where friendships have ended. And we kind of came to this conclusion that I'm incredibly values driven. Um, and it's interesting because one of my values is to be non-judgmental, but then I am very driven by like what I think is right and wrong. And the people who are closest to me aren't necessarily people who agree with me 100% of the time, right? But they have one of the ultimate values that I hold, which is like the willingness to talk about it, the willingness to be imperfect and like it not be the biggest deal, right? Like we, and the willingness to tell me when I'm not perfect and holding that space for complexity, I think is something that's so important to me. I also really need people, like I also really value, you know, all the things you hear me talk about on the podcast all the time, um, societally and emotionally, like these things are important and the people who are the deepest are like deepest friends to me definitely align in those values. And I think that that's also an element, but she really helped me to recognize that almost all of these like relationships that kind of, I would pop in and spend time there and then I would leave, there were a few things that were happening. We weren't communicating about how things were affecting us or how we were feeling, or it felt like that communication wasn't welcome. Um, that I was supposed to just kind of keep keep it all, pretend like everything is fine. And um, the other thing that would come up is just like a differing in values to, you know, um, choosing behaviors that were harmful to other people, things that kind of I have a hard time watching or and or standing by and um what's I think what's hard about this again like I said like one of my values is not being judgmental and so I'm like I don't want to be someone who just goes like well you messed up I'm out of your life um and I think that that's kind of prevalent for me right now because there was a podcast review left for me based off of someone else who is also a social seven who was talking about how like I wasn't living up to their values according to how they see them. And I can't do their growth for me, right? Like it's not my place to be on the growth journey that they're on or they think I should be on. I have my own journey that I'm on. And and I think that I can maybe have the tendency to do that for other people at times where I'm like, oh, I learned this lesson. So like, why haven't you learned that lesson too? And I have to, I want to catch myself with that. But at the same time, I want to honor the fact that like my values are a major part of who I am. And while this person, I think, didn't need to leave a podcast review to tell me I disappointed them ethically, I think they could have like talked to me about it. I also like don't need them to like me or approve of me or think that I'm like morally perfect because no one is and I could never be. So all I can do is my best and that's the case for everyone, right? And I think idealist types, we have to be careful, sevens, fours, and ones with that sense of people are going to disappoint us and allowing things to be imperfect, allowing people to be imperfect. This is something that we have to 
we have to pay attention to, be conscious of. And at the same time, in therapy, I'm kind of learning to allow myself to have the values that I have and not cling to relationships because I'm kind of overcorrecting in my Enneagram work. So, I mean, this doesn't mean that I don't worry about people wanting to be my friend, right? Like, I'm not saying that, like, oh, I just need to, I'm trying to leave all these relationships. It's not like that. Like, of course, like, I want people to like me. Of course, I want to have friends and community. You guys have heard me talk about that, like, seeking to build community in in town where I live, kind of having a hard time finding my people here. But at the same time, I'm someone who just, like, cannot spend time with you just because you're a warm body. Like if we're spending time together, it is because like I'm curious about you. I'm interested in you. I am, I feel like I have things to learn from you and I can't, I don't like, it feels like using people to me to just have people around for the sake of it. For me personally, that's what I would be doing is like make me feel good, you know? Um, but more so like, I really want to have relationships that are cyclical where we're, we're pouring in and we're pouring out, we're learning, we're growing, even really in my acquaintances, in my community, I don't have to, not even necessarily in my very best friends, but I do think it means that my circle will be small. Um, I had dinner recently, speaking of people who I just like love, I had dinner recently with friends of mine that we've been friends on the internet for a really long time. And we've not met in person yet. And when I was going to DC, I reached out to them and was like, hey, can we hang out? And we grabbed dinner and immediately, right? Like we hit it off and I loved them. And it was just so easy to hang out with them. Um, but it was it was my friends, Eliza and Jess. And Jess teaches human design. And she was like looking at my chart. We were like talking about it. I was like typing Eliza because we we kind of learned in that that she that they are a seven not a three so um anyway so all of that to say they were jess was looking at my chart and she was like oh you are highly driven by values and she was like you were going to have like a very small group of people in your life because you just like cannot be friends with people who don't share values with you. And I was like, this is literally what I'm wrestling with in therapy right now. And I think there's something lovely about human design in the sense that it's like, this is who you are. Like there's growth within that, of course, but like you were kind of born this way, you know? There's like a freedom in that. And with the Enneagram, it often feels like I can overcorrect. Like I'll be like, oh, I am like making friendships based off of my values, I need to check that and, oh, and kind of pull that off, you know, do something different instead. And I really think that like through therapy, through this like conversation with Jess, I, I kind of like hear my therapist even saying like, it sounds like values are something that's really important to you. You, maybe you don't seek out friendships without shared values. Maybe that's just some, who you are and that's okay. And, um, and she even asked, like, why are you trying to preserve these relationships that you don't even want in your life? And it really is like, because I'm scared of being like an, like an Enneagram seven, right? Like I'm kind of holding, I'm like overcorrecting. And so I'm kind of learning to release 
the things that aren't for me anymore and to allow myself to evolve and to change and to shift. Um, that being said, I recently had lunch with someone who I'd had a friendship breakup with. And so I've been wrestling with this. Like, am I just someone who leaves friendships forever? And I think to a degree, yes, I think I will be someone who has a few really close friends who stay forever. And then everyone else in my life, I'll probably have there for a season unless it develops into one of those really close relationships. And I can't predict that or control that, right? Like I will, I'm like kind of getting to this place where I'm like, I'm going to be conscious and curious and I will communicate as well as I can with everyone forever. And I will also accept that friendships don't always have to last forever. And that's okay. That's not just like a me problem. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. That being said, I did have lunch recently with a friend who, or like a, an old friend who we had a friendship breakup and we kind of were talking. And before, like I initiated the lunch because I was like, one of our mutual friends is getting married. I want to be like, just make sure everything's okay, that we're like good so we don't like ruin her wedding, you know? And so I initiated the lunch, we kind of check in and friends, like, I spent the whole time just kind of owning everything that I did to contribute to this dynamic, right? I was like, here's what I could have done better. Here are all the things in which, like, I have regret or I could improve or what I would do differently now that I've grown some and, like, look back. And they took responsibility for nothing. Nothing, right? Like, they they were like, thank you for apologizing. This friendship breakup basically ruined my life. I And I was the in the moment I believed it right like I was kind of sitting there and I was like oh my gosh like I me not wanting to be friends with this person ruined their their ability to like start a business it affected every relationship in their life forever and then I was like in therapy and I was talking to my husband and they were like, hey, 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 check out. Like, this is why you ended that friendship. <laughs> like, this is why you're not in that relationship anymore because they took ownership of nothing and they like took a complete stance of victim being victimized by you saying, hey, this friendship isn't feeling good to me right now. And instead of saying, well, what doesn't feel good? How can I improve? They said, <clears throat> oh, that none of that's real. That's not happening. Um, I don't know what you want from me. Why are you being mean to me? And it's not mean to communicate. 
It's not mean to have expectations. It's not mean to want a friend who's kind to you and to your partner, right? So um, I say all of this to say, I say all of this to say that this situation was really eye-opening for me because I'd already been on this path, right, of like navigating what's my role here? What am I contributing? What do I do that doesn't serve these friendships? You know, like am I, what is off, what's happening here? And the consensus is all that I can do is communicate along the way if something doesn't feel good to me, seek out people who have shared values, and let relationships end when it's time for them to end and not call it a breakup, right? Because I have one husband, right? I have like one partner. And I'm not saying that like you can't have friendship breakups. I I, I want to like pause there for a second and not kind of set that really quickly. I'm like unscripted right now. But I, I mean like letting friendships be in their place. And I have friendships who are, I mean, so deep for me, so meaningful to me, who I feel very invested in. And that is not a lot of people. And I think that's good. And I'm finally getting to a place where I'm like, no, that's okay. It's okay that like there are a few people you're deeply invested in. And then there are people who you like adore and you love and you want to hang out with and you want to spend time with. And maybe they'll grow into that. But like, I think I've always been very all or nothing. Like either I let you in and I've like opened my whole being to you or I've like kind of been really like, everything's good. I'm fine. I'm happy. I hope you're happy. You know, very surface, like we just hang out at a party kind of thing. And I'm trying to find this space of middle, right? Where it's like, okay for me to open up and connect. And that doesn't mean that these relationships are my responsibility to hold on completely one-sided forever. And and something that my therapist was talking about, and I think this is helpful for other type structures because I'm operating from the lens of a seven. Um, I talked about some of these like friendships ending And I was saying almost the common denominator in all of them is I said, hey, this is something that's not feeling good to me in our relationship right now. And they did not want to talk about it. Either they they either pretend like it didn't happen or they like denied, like kind of like lied about it or they like burst into tears and like I ended up consoling them. And I'm not mean. Like, I'm not coming to people and being like, how you're mean, (laughs) you're bad. You know, I'm just kind of saying like, hey, this didn't feel good to me. And so for me, a value is that we can have these conversations pretty directly and it not be that deep, right? Like, just like, hey, yeah, sometimes we're going to hurt each other. Sometimes I'm going to be imperfect. Sometimes I'm going to disappoint you. And like, I have one of my closest friends, Tyler, you guys have heard me talk about all the time. If I come to him and I say, hey, this thing happened and it didn't feel good to me, it doesn't mean that he's going to say, okay, I'll never do that again. He might be like, I love doing that, but I love you. So like, let's talk about the impact of that. Like, I don't want to hurt you, but I also like, don't think this is a big deal. Like, this seems like a you problem. Like, we'll have that conversation. And that is like, to me, that's like non-negotiable. Like, I have to have that. And all of that to say, all of that to say that 
what my therapist said was that oftentimes what people will do is they'll do the other person's work for them. So for example, if I have a friend who I'm like, hey, this doesn't feel good to me, and then they're mad at me, I don't do that. I don't like chase after them. I don't go, are you mad at me? How can I fix it? Are you are you upset? What do I need to do to fix this? I just kind of let them have their experience. So if they like, if I say, hey, this doesn't feel good to me, they're like, that doesn't, that's not real. And I say, well, this is something I need to talk about. I will, I will like not communicate with that person until they're ready to talk about it. Like I give them their time and their space or their experience. I don't chase them down. But she was saying like a lot of times people will do the other person's half for them to maintain the relationship. They'll like, so then it ends up completely one-sided, right? Like, I'm sorry I even brought anything up. I shouldn't have done that. And kind of like what I was doing in that lunch where I was saying, I was taking full responsibility. I was apologizing. I was like going all the way over to their side, trying to make amends instead of letting them meet me in the middle. And I think when you're not willing to do that or when you tend to not do that, you more relationships are going to end, right? Because you're not, you're not um, overcompensating for the other person. And so I think for a personality like mine, I have to go, which are the relationships I'm willing to sometimes do that work for, right? Like I'm going to have times, I'm going to use Tyler as an example. There will be times where Tyler can't meet me there. Or I might, there might be something, some topic or something that I'm discussing with them that's like too tender and they're not ready to talk about it or it's hurtful or, you know, it's, it's, they can't meet me there. And so I can chase them a little, pursue them to maintain this dynamic because this is like one of the five relationships I've chosen to put that amount of work in for. And I know that that will be reciprocated on the times where I can't do what I need to do, right? They will also kind of give that energy back to me. That being said, I'm not going to do that for everybody that I meet or everybody that I enjoy their company. And they, so we, that needs to be mutual or those relationships will end. And that has to be okay. Right? It just has to be. And if you're someone who's like, I always do everybody's other half for them, check in with that, pay attention and just go, whoa, do I have a strong sense of which relationships are worth, kind of are reciprocal enough where it's like equitable for me to do that? And then which relationships am I doing that all the time? And I'm carrying the weight of this dynamic. These are imperfect thoughts. I think this is not my strongest area of growth. That's why it's notes from therapy, you know? Um, but I do have a friend who wrote a book on it, like literally wrote the book on it. Um, and we're going to have her on soon. I think next week, um, she wrote a book all about friendship breakups and doing them well. And I think it's going to be a really good conversation. So I, I was like doing this episode or kind of preparing for this episode. And I was like, I need to bring on Kat because this is like her wheelhouse and she's going to be able to hold a lot more perspective from, I mean, she's a type four, so she has a lot more of that, like, sense of, like, desire to belong that I think I sometimes struggle to represent. So I'm so excited for us to have the conversation. So stay tuned for that. It'll be next 
Friday. Um, but for now, those are my notes from therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Bye.